0: Almost 11 months after it ground to a halt, the Dark Players Australia Tour is set to resume next weekend with the new satellite tour approach. And I'm delighted to be joined by the National Tournament Director for the DPA, Mr Wayne Weaning. How are you, Wayne? I'm good,
1: thanks, Andrew. How
0: are you? I'm not bad, um, keeping as well as you can in these these strange times. And when we spoke before, where you are in, in Victoria, you were just going into a, a quite a heavy lockdown how did you find that whole lockdown and what were you doing to keep yourself busy?
1: Yeah, well, we went into um, a major lockdown in Melbourne. I just outside of Melbourne, so. but in Melbourne it was even worse. They um, weren't allowed to travel more than five kilometres from their homes and, uh, for work and all that sort of stuff. There was a lot of stuff that they could do, so they had a, a tougher time than what we did. And, uh, but at least we had restaurants that were open that would deliver and, and things like that. And we were, in a, because we're in a regional area, they opened it up for us a little bit earlier because we had, the, they did put some ground rules down, some lines in the sand where they said if they had 21 days of uh, no community contract, uh, contact uh, or contract of the COVID, then um, then that would lift the restrictions uh, for us, which we were lucky in the regional areas. Melbourne followed, but um, All to do something
0: if you're entitled you shouldn't when it becomes annoying and as I said at the start we're gearing up for the, the satellite tour starting next weekend how did the concept for that come together
1: uh, well it was um, our uh, directors uh, uh, Kevin Berlin and uh, Rob Denny and our operations manager uh, Mel uh, they, were, they were clucks of their, um, of their brains trust and, um, and because of uh, our state water closures, we, and we needed to uh, have something that we we could run our national competitions. But the government basically set the guidelines down for us, where we had to um, stay within our state bubbles. So, you know, it was out of necessity um, that uh, we decided to to house it in, uh, within each state, and that way we could still run competitions and um, and still get to our um, uh, business end. Of while the government restrictions have been lifted when they obviously government protocols will kick in we, we're stopped as well so we're trying to do the most we can with what we're allowed to do at the moment and then hopefully you know, it's, we stay COVID relatively covid free. for the rest of the
0: And talk me through how the, the process is going to work because I know there's sort of I think it's five or six weekends how is it going to work for the players so to, to qualify for the final stages and obviously the, the golden ticket of qualifying for the PDC World Championships
1: Okay, so what we've got we've got um, uh, five or six weekends, which is one one weekend a month for the next six months or five or six months, and uh, we'll be giving ranking points. Uh, points. This will be twenty points for a first uh, position,
0: sixteen for second, twelve for third, fourth, uh, so forth down to
1: two points. There's also participation points, and the top. 16 players from every region, every state bubble qualify for the major playoffs, and we'll have. Um, and we haven't quite pinpointed yet, but uh, look, we may seed 16 players out of the complete. We're using the Dark Connect system, so looking like uh, we're going to be seeding uh, 16 players nationally then when, when we can get together and um, work out how uh, they can play off of the Spot Valley Valley, and then we'll have the Oceanic Masters for our second spot. Also from that bubble, we'll be able to take eight male, um, six female and uh, some female and uh, boys youth um, teams as well uh, to, to one of our national championships. So the top eight rank players in the men, the top six ladies in the competition and the top four youth in the, in the boys and the top four youth and the girls they'll all come together for our national championships. and Together with New Zealand, with the travel, um, we'll have our national championships later on in October.
0: And in terms of the numbers you've had, I know registration has closed now for the first set, uh, the weekend. What have you made of the sign-ups so far?
1: Queensland have managed, um, in total, we're over 240 players. We haven't been able to get uh, three of our state bubbles over the line because their numbers just weren't up to uh, to satisfy our venue's uh, sponsorship requirements. So we're working on uh, two of those to get them up and, and restructuring those for the next month. Uh, but Queensland have uh, 98 uh, players. New South Wales has 72. Western Australia has 42, I think, and Victoria has 39 uh, players. So over 240 for our first event although Western Australia looks like they might have to postpone the first weekend as they announced a, um, a, a lockdown from today until Friday 6 p.m their time which is 9 pm. our time. Uh, we'll see there was been, they banned been a bit of an outbreak on one of the security guards the quarantine hotels. Hmm. so we need to see where that goes by Wednesday I'd say we get a, a good indication of whether or not they can go ahead or right, everything else is we've prepared every other way. That we possibly can. It's now that that's popped in, and they've been relatively COVID-free for know, well, since early mid-year last year. Hmm. They've, they've been having a great run. They've been freer than anyone in Australia. So, so it's a bit of a uh, dabbler on things.
0: And has there been any negative reaction from any players?
1: And, um, and New South Wales, where we've got people who live on the on the borders itself, where they can choose. But because we've actually formed the state bubbles due to, like I said, the state governments closing borders, and we thought we can go ahead and have the people play within their state. state that's the only state they can play in hmm. and uh and if it closed down then they would be they wouldn't be sound so they would make their choice uh on that and if the government shuts us down for some reason on the borders and they can't travel in then they can't choose
0: then to play in another bubble so then what's the the long-term plan for the the three regions you mentioned the act tasmania and south australia who didn't have enough sign-ups the first time round?
1: well we're looking at uh, giving them a little bit of extra time we believe that um there's interest from the players to try to get more of their own players involved. Um, perhaps there wasn't enough advertising within their own state um, amongst their own players. Uh, maybe they thought they'd sit back and wait. But uh, South Australia, dead keen, we've got Rob Lodger over there, uh, who's been well-traveled from Australian point of view. Uh, he's dead keen to want to play, and, and he's been undecided about whether or not he would travel to another state to play or... or Uh, But they've chosen to to try to push and get their numbers up, which is fantastic. And we've got uh, the one in New South Wales, which is very close between the ACT and the top of Victoria. It's halfway between. And the players, that they either travel five hours down to where we're hosting in Victoria, or uh, two and a half to the one in New South Wales for the ACT one. So they've chosen to hold off on that. And we believe that the players and the concept will just change it a little bit. To get them up and advertise a bit better, and we feel that once they see everyone else up and running, others will want to be part of it as well. You know? But it's not a bad effort considering you know, uh, four states we've got 240 uh, mm. players playing at the same time on the weekend, you know, uh, nationally, and, uh, and all those matches will be on.
0: So if, say, for the second weekend they weren't able to get enough, would it then be a case of integrating them into another state?
1: That would be their choice then to try to travel. And, and of course, the, uh, we wouldn't just because they weren't there the first weekend, it doesn't mean that they can't
0: play hmm. or
1: integrate into another state. The, the travel would be up to them. The, the prize money is down a little bit because of uh, the, the smaller numbers in each bubble um, that we expect, but... Um, uh, normally, we play for 16,500 uh, for a weekend when we play and travel to our, uh, our national tournaments. But um, being in state levels, it's uh, it's a different concept. So, we've, we've got uh, smaller numbers coming into venues, and the venues are fronting uh, the money for us. So, we're providing them um, with a return of income by providing the players. They've in turn sponsored us, so hopefully, it's a good deal and we'll be able to uh, move forward. Uh, promote uh, the darts at a, at a greater level, and hopefully get some more people on board who I haven't normally considered to
0: play. And then, what about poor Tasmania, who only obviously had the, the three sign-ups?
1: Um, yeah, look, Tasmania is probably the toughest of all. Um, you've got to remember that um, in all our states, we're in the same we're in the same boat um, with darts darts Australia. There's there is a loyalty towards um, the old school of, of um, Darts Australia who have been the mother of the darts, you know, throughout. And we run the professional side of things, so there's a bit of loyalty towards those. And we try not to run our events on weekends where they might have them. We don't want to divide the loyalty. We want people to have a choice. And we know that once people... We try to do things a little bit better than most. Uh, so we believe that once they get a taste of what we offer, They'll come along, but I think in Tassie, the loyalty's a bit stronger towards the state body than they through to trying to skip over to the um, uh, the professional side.
0: Will there be any restrictions in place when you're playing? So, are you have you got limits in rooms for how many people you can have, or will players need to wear masks when they're playing?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's are run under a government restriction, so there's a QR. Uh, checking QR reader checking, uh, electronic check-in for each player. We have hand sanitizers in place. We open the iPads. We have uh, alcoholics uh, swabs to uh, to wipe down the iPads uh, after each marking game. Also sanitizing the boards. Uh, we encourage um, people to use the hand sanitizer and washing their hands when uh, when they're coming out of the toilets and all that sort of stuff so we don't encourage people to to shake hands uh, as such even though we're relatively covid free we have still got guidelines by the government which we adhere to first the venues also licensed so they set out their uh, restrictions as well so all of that will come into play and i think hopefully it should work out all right i mean with um uh, everyone can sit in restaurants and go to bars now in Victoria, so we're, we're a little bit better off than what they are in, say, New South Wales, which are uh, more restrictions than what we are, but there are guidelines in place for, uh, for venues with uh, alcohol licences and, and that type of thing.
0: So. And Australia has done pretty well with the, the coronavirus. I've seen the pictures this week from the Australian Open tennis of, of full Stadium. so do you have any concerns of, of a third wave when your winter comes around in a few months' time? I, I do. I, I have a concern
1: about that because I, I think the colder weather certainly promotes it and because it brings people in closer indoors and the, then they've got heaters going. Where it makes it these you know, people do get their colds and whatever else in winter, of course. So I'm hoping that we don't. But I think there's a lot of things that have been put in place. Like we had the worst, of, we've already had a second wave. It was the worst one in Australia by far. We had over 700 deaths, which is quite a few for us because the next highest was, I mean, 200 odd. So, you know, like, and that was... And they had bigger numbers than us earlier. But then it's all our um, aged care facilities that um, they got hit pretty hard. So uh, if we do get a third wave, if we do get a third wave, the, the government's react pretty quickly now. Like I said, Western Australia have had... Um, that was tested positive today, so they locked down straight away until by 8 6 pm. Um, so th- that's without, uh, that's the whole state of Australia, uh, I think the most populated areas of, of uh, Western Australia. So um, when you see a government react that quickly and they've learned from member states, they're not just going, it'll be okay, they've learned. So the whole hotel quarantine for us was the big um, instigator, and that, you know, people weren't following the protocols properly. So that broke out pretty quickly there. Where we were getting 700 a day, um, which was huge for us in, in Victoria because, you know, we got up to 22 before the first wave um, stopped. And then all of a sudden we're getting 700 a day, which is yeah. But to be able to get it under control and, and have 20 odd days without anything, any community, community um, contractions of this. Um, the uh, virus has been fantastic, you know, but it's always a worry in the back of the mind. We're not as populated as, um, or densely populated as you guys are in, in, in England or in America, but um, the virus, is, uh, it's pretty catchy and it moves pretty quickly, so, you know, they, the government's reacting pretty quickly these days, Andrew. Oh,
0: I can't say the same is true for our government, sadly, um, and I'm only a little bit jealous of, of how... In a sense, how well it seems you guys have dealt with it and you know, how much you seem to be back to, to normality. but on a darts point of view, we're, we're currently with you know during the PDC Masters, and it was a few weeks ago it was the world Championship at Alexandra Palace. The world championship didn't go so well for for Damon Hetter, but before that he'd got to three televised quarterfinals in a row, and he looked like he'd become a real you know part of that elite group in the PDC. What have you made of his progress?
1: Oh, David's been fantastic hasn't he uh, what he did he showed what he showed us on the circuit here and before he went over he had a fantastic five months here and and put it put a great effort in he won the Brisbane Masters. he won the event before that and he did so he's he's not scared to play the game and what he's done is he's actually been able to sit in at that level once he once he learned what they're what the level is that he needs to be at all the time. He was, show, he was showing 100 averages here in our events uh, quite often. So then to be able to come into that league and understand and learn the pace of the game and and how everything works and then setting, he showed that he's got some good form and that he's not scared to, uh, to play some of the big guys, which fantastic for us. We really, you know, and that's kicked Simon on a bit too. Simon showed that he had signs of coming back and with Damon there, it's really exciting. Both of them. They had a pretty good World Cup, I thought. Um, a little bit unlucky not to get uh, further, but um, um, both of them going really well. You know, so we expect big things from uh, from Damon this year. And
0: Simon. Well, I think Damon, it, what, the progress he's shown is a credit to, to you guys and the DPA system because it shows that your system does produce quality and produces players capable of making the leap over to the UK.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, system, in the, D, in the DPA system. Simon's came from it, Paul Nicholson's come from Here. So hopefully those uh, three players, um, uh, when they try try their hand at Q School, um, uh, James and uh, James and GT for the second time, will be trying Q, Q School, and hopes for the first time. But hopefully um, they, they get themselves a card because they will be going to our support over there as
0: well. Well, I mean it's a tough position for them to be in as well to, to make the decision to be at Q School this year because of you know the risk of the virus in the UK, but also. The format changes means it's longer, it's more expensive, and it's it's more of a tax on them if they're to get to that final stage.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Look, they've, they've, been, um, they've been well looked after. Danny Corbett, um, he's looked after. He's from the Darts Live tournaments, the online tournaments that have been running. Danny Corbett, he's looked after uh, James Bailey and Mike Pua, and Simon's had um, Gordon Mathers. Over so so that's made it a lot easier for those guys to be able to keep their sanity, play some darts, do a little bit of work around the place, you know, try to earn their keep a little bit, and um and but more more than anything else, um, being able to afford to be able to stay over, you know, because uh, as you know, it's not cheap to, when you
0: travel. James and Gordon and, and Hope I all played in the World Championship. What did you do? You make of their performances there?
1: Gordon never got himself going. He was really disappointed with his game he, he knew he had a better game than what he took to the stage we know he's when gordon's playing his proper game he can be very very competitive and he'd be disappointed with with that he was very disappointed james uh, i think had a, a little bit better run i thought he played a little bit better and and hope uh, after his world cup campaign i thought that um be the
0: And I noticed that when you were talking about the players who've come through the the DPA system, there was one absentee from that list, and that was uh, Corey Cadby. Uh, Yeah, um, I did
1: miss Corey. Um, um, uh, Corey hasn't been around on the news that much lately, so I haven't spoken to Corey for over 12 months, haven't seen much of him either. Um, Unfortunately, Corey was one of the players that we could see that... um, he was such great. He showed such great potential. He, he won the world series. He come on. He showed. He showed something that a lot of people don't have. He had natural stage prowess. He, he could um, and that's something you can either learn it over on or, or you either have it straight away or it takes you some time. He had it straight away, and uh, he made the UK Open final and uh, got beat by Gary Anderson. And he won a um he beat Rob Cross that won the, the Players Championship. The kid can play. When he gets his head straight and, and gets back into the game, I'm sure he'll be able to get another shot at it. You know, but uh, until then, it, I do apologise for missing Alan Doyle. I'm glad you brought him up because he was one of our, well, he was one of the stars in the making.
0: And one of the the questions I got in on Twitter, I, I saw you sort of answered it already about you know that the DPA and the Darts Australia having one combined tour, but do you feel that? Darts in Australia moving forward would ever come under just one governing body?
1: Uh, I think it's gonna kind of be the same as what the BDO is, uh or England Darts now. You know, there. I think with Darts Australia they feel they're a little bit old school. They the way that the governing uh, members that sit on the board, the way that they sit uh I uh, I'll probably get punished for, uh, or, or try, they try to punish me for um, saying it, but I don't believe that they're words in unison towards a, a better game. I feel that each state's pretty much represented. They're still own, they're still owned by every state in Australia, and I think that they don't understand. The people on it have got old ideas. They are ageing. They mean well. Let, let's get it straight. They do mean really well, uh, but they're just not up to running the darts in Australia anymore. Uh, we need young people, we need tech savvy people, we need um, people that love the game and aren't scared to create new ideas. So I don't think Darts Australia will uh, ever fall under the umbrella of um, the DPA or will they um, try to uh, combine and, and, and be one. I think the DPA is a privately owned entity like PDC who promote the tournament and have a good working, they're a to company to, um, to the PDC and um, everything that's done within the dpa is done under the guidance and with the okay from the pdc so we don't just go up and say we're going to do this we actually get permission from the pdc to make sure that everything's fine and that we uh, work in accordance with their guidelines and we try to base everything on how they run things because it's a, a successful formula and it's something that we want to try to emulate it gives people a bit of consistency in the game, they know exactly where they are, how they can qualify for certain things and, and that stuff, you know, so, whereas Dance Australia still do things a little bit the old way with um, selections and all that sort
0: of stuff, and that, that favouritism always comes in a way and stuff like that, you know, so. and
1: mm. The formats are different for them, they, in their Grand Prix circuit, each state has a different format for, for, their, for their games, which it seems. Seems to be weird that you're playing the same points, but there's a different way to play the game Some are best three, some are best, you know. Some have really long finals, and you know, um, uh, it's just some are straight knockouts, some are round robins. It's really weird that it's there's no consistency in it.
0: At the moment, the DPA players, there are two spots available through the DPA tour at the World Championship. Do you think the DPA tour will ever get to a point that winning the tour would earn you a tour card? I think these days, that it's uh,
1: the Q School is a worthy, is a very worthy way to qualify for the Professional dance Corporation um, Tour, uh, simply because uh, when I look at the numbers, I know there's over 600 for for the um, uh, for Q School this time round, and it's split up in the in the two, uh, the European and the English one, the UK one, and yeah, let's face it, look, not all of them going to be uh, up to the standard, but there's a real good amount that are up to the standard, and I think that to make it fair on everyone, rather than just say, yes, here, um, there's a tour card, the avenue is open for them to be able to go through the Q-score. I think it's a worthy way to qualify for the, for the tour. That way you know that you've eaten the card and you believe that you, that you belong there then. Mm. <laughs> but having said that, the plays that we do produce um, to go over uh, do go over and produce... something like that I might be a different way of doing things but um, um, we wouldn't say no to it that's
0: for sure Andrew. <laughs> yeah I can imagine it'd certainly be a, a great incentive before you go Wayne I just wanted to ask you if you could pick out a few players from each state to, to watch on the first weekend of the satellite tour ok yeah sure I'd be happy to do that Andrew we will start with
1: the uh, biggest group Queensland Carl Anderson makes his return to our uh, home shores uh, with a new set of darts Interesting to see how he'll go. Young player played the world youth. Robbie King had a fantastic um, last 12 18 months on the BPA circuit, was National. Jamie Rundle, also a youth, um, played really well. He's one to watch. Raymond Smith, um, he beat uh, Bill Taylor in the Pro Tour series up here. And Jerry Nipag, who's been uh, one of Queensland's, uh, he's from Townsville and he's been one of uh, Queensland's better players. From I've got four or five to look at. Mitchell Clegg representing Australia quite a few times at World Cups. Also uh, won the Oceanic as a sixteen-year-old. and Played at Ali Pali. I think he's still the youngest competitor who played there. David Marland, uh, the big fish. He's uh, he's one to watch. A very steady player. A good young player. Manny Cato. He's a um, fantastic youth player. Uh, huge talent. Uh, Liam McLennan. Uh, they ran out by New South Wales people to look at. There's obviously uh, more place to look at, but just as a, um, a group who I think will go well if they continue. From Victoria, we've got Mel Cumming, Brody Kling, he's been going well. Mel's had three nine daughters online uh, in the last five months, so he's going alright. Reese Mathewson, James Jackson, a newcomer to our tour, he's uh, from Geelong. Lucas Cameron, my son, Brad. Thompson, not playing the first one, but I'll be keeping an eye on him for the next ones after this. In WA, uh, we've got Tim Pusey, who narrowly missed out on making uh, Ali Pally one year. He lost to James Bailey in the deciding leg of the Ocean Masters. David Platt, uh, everyone rec- remembers David Platt, he's played county, and uh, he's actually president of Dance WA at the moment. Barry Gardner, they call him the rhythm. He's well renowned in. way was Tyson Heffel. Uh so he's making a return after making a few babies, and Kowa Kikiri, he's um, another player that uh, has been prominent on our um, on our shores, uh, playing in WA and in the DPA uh, tournaments and making World Series appearances, so uh, that's my list of around about four or five per state to, uh, yeah, to get on Dark Connect you want to Place, look at those names. I think uh, I think uh, they'll surprise you a little bit. I expect those plays to be the ones to go to, uh, to do well, and uh, perhaps break out. And uh, I'm looking forward to see any other names that I don't know uh, come out and um, start dominating. It's always a nice surprise to see, you know, if you're running an event or running events in different areas with new people that you haven't heard of before making their mark in the game. Oh, definitely. And I just want to make a special mention, Russell Stewart made an announcement of his retirement this week. He's hanging up his captain's boots, he's hanging up his darts and he, he'll no longer be part of our uh, Dart Players Association team, but uh, he'll always be with us in mind and, and body because we always turn to him for advice. He's one of our uh, great friends and he's been a great friend of darts in Australia, uh, people have looked him and wanted to emulate his footsteps, We including,
0: greatest respect for the man, oh, very nice words, and obviously I've had Russell on the show before as well, so um, wish him well in, in the next part of his life, which isn't going to involve darts, but there's some, some great names on that list from you as well there, and obviously, you know, Brody Clean won the, the Victorian Classic a week or so ago in, in Morwell.
1: Absolutely, he's showing a little bit of form, so I'm looking forward to seeing um, how he goes uh, with... This group of players, uh, which is um, a big change of the group of players he played for last week, but um, a fantastic player in his own right, comes through the challenge too, and was a good player amongst the rest, so I'm looking forward to seeing how
0: he plays. Something else that, if it can go ahead, that would be a massive boost, would be the, the World Series coming back to Australia.
1: It would, and look, I can't see it, personally, I can't see it happening. The Australian Government have a strict rule at the moment for the 14-day quarantine period now with the amount of people coming over from the UK to run these events, to try to uh, – and that, that quarantine's at, at, at the traveller's cost, not the government's cost. So that's really going to put a few – they might hold it off a little bit, who knows. I find that, that – we're only talking a few months, we're talking June where we all our qualifiers in August when they come over, you know. so. Hopefully, hopefully, because that's a great little exponent for people. Get up on stage, play a bro you
0: know, see how you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I think we produced the first ever um, winner against one of the pros on stage with Tick Bridge beating Barney, mm. um,
1: you know, in, in Sydney. So, um, that's, that in itself says something for our, our quality of plays, and Tick will be in action as well uh, on the weekend. Um, is, more until he's proclaimed lane these
0: days and he starts, but he doesn't uh, miss out much when he when he um, does have it. Well, thank you very much for your time. Wayne, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and I wish you all the best with the the satellite tour this year. I hope it goes ahead, and you know numbers continue to rise as the season goes on.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, we're very excited at the moment. We're hoping that um, that the players see it as well, and we get a great turnout for the second lot as well as the first lot That will be uh, remain to be seen. Hopefully. Uh, the quality of the games will be shown on Dark Connect and and people will strive to be better than what they were the last time they were
0: out. Thank you very much, Wayne.
1: Good talking to you, Andrew, and take care now.